In the name of Jesus, amen. John chapter 1, starting at verse 4, says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. <clears throat> Today is uh, Christmas Day and we remember uh, the birth of our dear Lord, our Savior. Uh, on Christmas Day, we always observe this reading. We, we begin the service with this reading, John chapter 1, which is the prologue of uh, the entire Gospel of John. And in years past, I've preached on uh, other parts of John chapter 1, uh, the beginning part of John, uh, that, uh, of chapter 1, about the Word. I've also preached on the glory, the ending part, but I've always skipped this middle section uh, I think since I've been here at Zion. So what I'm going to do today is actually preach on that section, on that part, which is about Christ being the light and what that means. <clears throat> but in order to understand what the light is and what it means that Christ is light, we have to understand what it means uh, when the scriptures speak of darkness. Uh, the sinful world is the darkness. That's the way the scriptures speak. And the reason it says that is not because it's that, that there's no light or we can't see things, but this darkness is a spiritual darkness. This is ignorance. This is not knowing the right thing. It's not that we can't know anything. What the scriptures teach us here is that we can't know the truth about God. On our own, left to ourselves, we would never ever come up with the truth about God or know who he is or what he thinks of us or what he says or what he does. So there are three, from what I can tell, three kinds or three groups of people who are in the dark in different degrees of the dark, I would say. Nevertheless, they're in the dark. Uh, the first group are those who would say that there is no God. Uh, the second group are those who believe in a God, but it is the wrong God. And the third group are those who believe in God, but they are wrong about God. They believe the wrong things about him. They don't know him and who he truly is. So the, the first group, those who say there, are, there is no God, these are the heathens, the atheists, um, this darkness is complete and total unbelief. And it's, the Lord has shown himself. He shines here in the darkness, but they have closed their eyes to it and they've remained in the dark. So they shut their eyes to, uh, to the Lord's word, to the truth. The, this group believes that the world then created itself, that it came out of nothing, and that it's ultimately going to nothing. And that the purpose of life is nothing. 
that there is no meaning or purpose or significance to this life. That's it. You're dust, uh, that you're, you just evolved to what you are, and then you're going to die, and then you're going to return to the ground, and an animal's going to, uh, you're going to fertilize the grass, and an animal's going to eat it, and it's just this big circle of life. There's nothing else to it. Just that. Uh, the second group that's wrong about, uh, that, that's in the darkness, are those who worship the wrong God. A God that they created in the darkness, in their ignorance. These are what we would call the pagans, or those of other religions. They name their God. They give a name to their God. Uh, Vishnu, or Zenu, or Allah, or any other uh, religion in this way. They, they say that there is a God. They say, no, it's, it's this obviously uh, matter couldn't have come from nowhere. So there is a cause and there is a God out there, but I don't know much about him. So I'm just going to name him this. This is his name. So they don't know much about this God. They, they, they look at creation and they conclude from what they observe that there must be a God. So they look at the immensity of the universe uh, they look at the design in biology, in plants, in animals, in the human body and say, look, this is so finely tuned and so well done that there must be a creator. There's this fine tuning. So they say the best they could come up with is that there is a God, but he and he is powerful and he is creative. I know that much. Um, but I don't know much else besides that. I just know he's not here. He's gone, he's somewhere else, and it's on me to try and get to him. It's on, so I'm going to try and be a good person. I'm going to try to do these things to get to this God. So this is really just these, every other religion is a religion of the law. The, the problem with and the shortcoming of science and geography and biology, uh, geology, all these things, is that they cannot tell you the meaning of life. They can't tell you anything really significant about God, besides that he's powerful and creative. Now, there's this third group who uh, believe in God, but they are wrong about him. They call him the name that he has revealed, but they don't know him rightly. They're wrong about him, and they are riddled with what we call false doctrine or heresy. They believe that uh, it is on them to save themselves. They believe in their own works, their own sincerity, their sacrifices, that these are the things that are going to lead them to salvation. So this is what they believe about God. So they have God in mind. They believe in Jesus, but then they don't know the true Jesus. And they believe, look, it, he's done some things, but I got to finish it. I have to complete it. I, my works will, will contribute to my own salvation. Well, what does the Bible say about this darkness? Ephesians 4 says it this way. This world is darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Romans 3 says this. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. To summarize this, scripture flat out says that we 
are in the dark about God. When it comes to all spiritual and divine matters, we are completely in the dark. That the only thing we can learn is from the scriptures, from Christ himself. Natural man is light years away from the truth. The, the best ideas, the best opinions of man are about God are wrong. The best, the best philosophies, the best uh, theologians apart from, from the Christian faith, they are completely wrong. They're in the dark about God. And this is why we need Christmas, because we need Jesus and we need light. We need truth. We need God's word, which is a light unto our path, a lamp uh, unto our feet and a light unto our path. Christmas is for this reason. We needed Jesus to come into the darkness to teach us about himself. We need the light because we cannot see it on our own. To, he need, we need Jesus to show us what kind of God he is, who he is, what he thinks of us, and to tell us in plain words, not in a heavenly language or some other, to tell us in our own language, in our own grammar, to tell us in these words who he is. Jesus is the light of the world, and that's what it means. When Jesus, when the scriptures say that Jesus is the light of the world, it is saying that only through him can we know him, only through him. Only through God himself can we know who God is. There, there's the wrong idea about God, which you may have, and I hope that when you leave today, you won't have it anymore. This idea that God is a terrible judge, that he is some sort of evil dictator, that he hates us, that he doesn't care, that he... You pray and you pray, and then he doesn't listen or hear you. Or that he's angry with you. Or that he actually delights in and seeks your death. Or that he doesn't love you. Or the idea that God's idea of salvation is based on our works, our sacrifice, our dedication to him. Uh, just a, a historical note here. Back in Luther's day, about 500 years ago, this is what people thought about God. They were confused. They didn't hear it clearly like you do. They were weeping and mourning. They didn't have the Bible in their own language to open up and, and read it. They were in fear and despair. In fact, they were so afraid of God. And they were so afraid and they knew that they could never please him. They were so afraid that they would then kill themselves. They would take their own lives. Because they, they, uh, the only thing they knew about God was that he was angry with them, that he was displeased, that he didn't love them, that they were not good enough, they didn't do enough good works, and so on and so forth. Um, the truth about God is what Jesus revealed to us. And it's that he is none of those things, but that he is a God who loves us while we were still sinners. He gave his only son for you to die for you. That is what God thinks of you. He forgives you your sins. He does not hold a grudge. He forgives them and takes them away from you forevermore. Uh, <clears throat> for this part of the sermon, um, 
I'm just going to read to you another sermon, an excerpt from another sermon that was written about, uh, well, in 1529, so about 500 years ago, by our dear brother Martin Luther. Uh, he wrote this sermon for his congregation that was uh, in the midst of this darkness. They were confused about God. They didn't know what God thought of them. They were constantly guessing and confused and wondering, what does God think of me when I die? Where am I going to go? Uh, do I have salvation? Am I truly a Christian or not? Well, this is what he wrote to them. It's, a, it's about three, four paragraphs. So um, uh, just pay attention to what he says. This is his sermon. He's talking about the creed here, and he says this. See here, you have the entire divine essence of God in that creed you just recited. You have the entire will and work shown most completely in quite short and yet rich words. In these words, all of our wisdom stands, which surpasses and exceeds the wisdom, the mind and reason of all people. The whole world, with all diligence, has struggled to figure out what God is and what he has in mind and what he does. Yet the world has never once been able to grasp the knowledge and understanding of any of these things. But here, we have everything in richest measure. For here, in all three articles here of the Creed, God has revealed himself and opened the deepest abyss of his fatherly heart and his pure, inexpressible love for us. He has created us for this very reason, that he might redeem us and sanctify us. In addition to giving and imparting to us everything in heaven and upon earth, he has given even to us his Son and the Holy Spirit who brings us to himself. For as explained before, we could never grasp the knowledge of the Father's grace and favor except through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is a mirror of the fatherly heart, outside of whom we see nothing but an angry and terrible judge. But we couldn't know anything about Christ either unless it had been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. These articles of the creed, therefore, divide and separate us Christians from all other people on earth. Even if, or even if we were to concede that all people outside of Christianity, whether heathen, Turks, Jews, or false Christians and hypocrites, even if we were to concede that they believe in it and worship only one true God, they still do not know what his mind toward them is, and they cannot expect any love or blessing from him. Therefore, they abide in eternal wrath and damnation, for they do not have the Lord Christ, and besides, are not illumined and favored by any gifts of the Holy Spirit. From this you see that the creed is a doctrine quite different than the Ten Commandments. For the commandments teach us what we ought to do. But the creed tells us what God does for us and gives to us. Furthermore, apart from this, the Ten Commandments are written in all people's hearts. However, no human wisdom can understand the creed. It must be taught by the Holy Spirit alone. The teaching of the commandments, therefore, makes no one a Christian. 
For God's wrath and displeasure abide upon us still because we cannot keep what God demands of us. But the creed, what you believe, brings pure grace and makes us godly and acceptable to God. For by this knowledge, we have love and delight in all God's commandments. Here we see that God gives himself to us completely, entirely, He gives us all that he has and is able to do in order to aid and direct us in keeping the Ten Commandments. The Father gives all creatures. The Son gives his entire work. And the Holy Spirit bestows all of his gifts. Those are are the words that Luther preached to his dear congregation 500 years ago. Dear saints, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. At one time you were in darkness, but now you are in light and light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. And while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. You have here in richest measure, shining brighter than anything in this world, the pure preaching of the gospel that God has given himself to you, not only in his birth, in his life and his suffering, but also in his death. That is what he thinks of you. May God bless you this Christmas day and this Christmas season. May he illuminate your heart and your mind and make you wise unto salvation. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.